The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Aww. Look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. We have Corey from Grave Ripper and uh, my co-host Brendan is here with me as usual. Thanks, Corey, for coming on the show. It's, uh, it's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So, Do you want to just tell us a little bit quickly for anyone who doesn't know your band, uh, just a bit about what Grave Ripper is and what you guys do? Yeah, so I'm in a band called Grave Ripper. We are a black metal-influenced thrash band from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, well, I mean, I'm from I'm from Indy. The other members are scattered around around the whole state um but yeah we play uh we play thrash metal kind of in the in the vein of some of the german thrash stuff with a bit of black metal influence um kind of in that toxic holocausty route um but not not so much in the in the in a, a lot of the times you think of black thrash you think of a very particular um really fast db celtic celtic frost kind of stuff um a lot of punk in there we we're definitely influenced by all that but we don't have as much of the punk attitude as a lot of these bands do i think we're more of a refined thrash band with black metal riffing in there so that's why i say black influenced thrash that's our black thrash so um we've put out two eps under grave ripper and we're putting out a split this year um always writing always working on stuff we're getting out of indiana we got some shows coming up um got some in illinois uh doing full a festival called full terror assault and then we got a, a string of shows that hasn't been announced yet and then we're coming to la and making our california debut this november so that's what we do that's about it awesome i mean that's a lot but <laughs> awesome um, <laughs> yeah okay so let's start off with talking about the upcoming split um i know that you're playing you're on that with uh, three other bands. Who have you got that one with? Um, like who is the um, who's the split through? Well, I know, I know you're through uh, Wise, Blood, Wise Blood Records, obviously, because we're, we're close with Sean. He's a great guy, um, yep. and he's done you guys. He's done great by you guys, obviously, got your name out there, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I know that you're with Wraith. Uh, you've yep. also got um. Black Knife, who actually yep. interviewing oh, yeah. next week as well. They're going to come on the show too, which is awesome. Nice. Um, and then with a, a Russian band as well. So that that yep. was the that was the uh, the, night, rogue, yeah. the rogue band. <laughs> yep, <laughs> totally. They rip. Yeah, I, I they're the only one I didn't actually know. So that was it was pretty sweet to to hear them for the first time. Yeah, yeah, man. Absolutely. You have to ask mm -hmm. uh, if if you talk to. I think you're going to be. Are you going to be talking to Josh next week with Black Knife? They haven't told us which member it is. I just uh, they just said that someone's going to come on. So um, is is Josh the one that normally does the the press media stuff? I don't know. Josh is the one I've communicated with the most, so I'd say yes. Um, okay. He's he he did a lot of the communication with Unholy Night, and um, while we were putting this whole thing together, the situation with Ukraine and Russia started, so that kind of got weird. So you'll have to ask mm -hmm. him about that. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely ask about that. Because I, I was cur uh, curious about that when I saw it was with a Russian bank. Because I know things have gotten really complicated with, uh, you know, obviously them receiving funds from any album sales or even yeah. communicating in some circumstances through social and stuff like that. So yeah, totally. Shut them out. Yeah. So definitely, I'll ask about that. But um, 
absolutely killer split for anyone who hasn't heard yet it's not out yet um it drops it comes out september right yeah september 2nd you'll have cd and cd and cassette will be available and then i don't have the definitive date on vinyl but vinyls will be coming out soon after that oh that's awesome to hear i will be picking that up uh did you pre-order it nope you pre-ordered it oh i haven't is i didn't even see the the vinyls available oh there it is okay and it's sold out okay i'll have to wait (laughs) yeah it's sold out so fast Wow. Okay, I missed that one. Damn. Damn. I Go slept. Ahead. I slept on that. I. 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 Uh, oh man, I'm looking at that too. I'm like, shoot. Is that uh, Wise Blood's first vinyl? Because I normally they, they normally do uh, cassette and CD releases. Uh, I I want to say it might be. I know um that uh, Blasted Heath, one of the newest uh, like Black Thrash bands that Sean yes. has on the label. Uh, I think they're doing a seven inch or something. I saw a post he made. Um, that it was like a surprise. We have their 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 release on 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 vinyl. Um, okay. So if that's true, then that that record is the first one on vinyl, and then ours would be the next released. And then I'm I'm fairly certain the Mother of Graves full length is going to come out on vinyl also. Oh, that's so awesome. So to answer yeah. your question, no, I think we're I think we're the second, technically, just by a hair. That's so pretty sweet. Years. You guys are yeah, First wave totally. of vinyl from Wiseblood. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah, it's, it's really cool. That's that's a another bucket list item achieved for me is to you know have music out on vinyl. You know, so yeah. that's dope. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, yeah. you guys are awesome. <clears throat> Thanks, dude. Sick sound. Okay, and let's, then let's go back a little bit and talk about Radiated Remains because that's actually the album that introduced me to you guys. Yeah, that's the record that I think uh, tipped a lot of people off about us. Um, yeah, yeah, what are you going to talk about on it? I just uh, well, I heard that you we worked with um, you worked with uh, Joel Grind. Is that that's true? Yeah, Joel mastered it for us. Did a great that job. That's awesome. I, I'm an yeah, absolutely dude. huge Toxic Holocaust fan, by the way. So yeah, um, you're not alone. Yeah, I love them, dude. I I just caught them live for the first time actually um, a few months back, that's and great. it was fantastic. Oh, really? Nice. I still haven't I still haven't caught them live. Every time I was going to see them, something came up, or I was out of town when they played, or you know, it's just one of those bands that I was always missed. So yeah, great to finally see them. Totally, I'm going to have to catch them soon myself. So, how did you come into contact with Joel? Um, so we just figured out that he does mixing and mastering. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember exactly how I figured that out. Um. Either it was on his website or a social media profile, but saw that he did audio engineering, mixing and mastering. Um, we wanted to, you know, put a cool, we wanted to put a notable name associated with thrash metal on the record somehow. Mm-hmm. So getting him to master it was the way to do that. So he just, you know, we, his contact information is on his professional business website or is like his business site, I guess, or whatever is like mixing and mastering site is. Which is might might be actual grind.com or something. I don't remember. But yeah, just his information's on there. Just shot him an email. Uh we bounced some ideas back and forth, like what, you know, would do you want to do the mixing and mastering? Do you just want to mix? Do you just want to master and weigh the pros and cons on that? And we eventually just settled on mastering it. Yeah, it was great. He he knocked it out in like a weekend, if wow. that. Um <laughs> you know, I mean it's only the radiated remains tracks, the ones that we recorded exclusively for that ep is only like six tracks and mm-hmm. the first one's 
30 seconds. So right. yeah, he, he, he knocked it out pretty quick, but you know, there wasn't like too much there. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much how we got in contact with him just over email. And uh, yeah. That's About awesome, it. man. He uh, he definitely his name definitely carries some clout. So it's like uh, it's great to have oh, yeah, attached, attached to your album. Works with yeah, great bands. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally. All the above. That's why we wanted that. We wanted to have his name on that. So that was that was pretty cool. There's a few of those like legendary dudes that have just been killing it with mastering and mixing stuff outside of their own bands. Like um, I know the. I always blank on his name. The guitarist from Conan does a lot of mixing and mastering for like Doom bands and oh, does he? such stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Dan Swano is just prolific. I mean, that yeah. guy has worked on, I don't even know how many projects and albums that dude's worked on. Yeah. I mean, you you know, I mean, to, to bring him back, um, the Mother of Graves EP was Swano. Mm-hmm. And then there's another local death metal band called Obscene. They fucking rip. I love Obscene, dude. Obscene yeah, their, awesome. their newest record from Dead Horizon to Dead Horizon was mastered by Swano. So was it? Okay, I didn't I'm know. All, that. I'm awesome. almost I'm almost kicking around the idea of having Swano do our master also, like for our next release. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to like I want to branch out too. You know, like I don't want to do what all the other bands in Indianapolis are doing. So okay, I'm gonna have to find a way to one up them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, I've heard his, like, the thing is, because people hear these big names and they assume, oh man, that's going to be way out of my price range. I can't work with a legend like that. But a lot of these dudes are charging super reasonable rates for what I've heard, yeah. which is awesome to see. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people probably get that name and the ego and the, um, reputation preceding them in their heads but at the mm-hmm. end of the day these guys are fucking normal dudes and yeah rocks and like rock stars uh, and, <laughs> i mean i i can't really speak for i, I you know people on that level because when I'm, I'm i'm talking about people like grind and swano who i would consider mm-hmm. like quote unquote i know this is a dumb word but like rock stars or they they have a bigger they they're bigger in the metal scene is, is I mm-hmm. guess a, a different way a better way of putting it even these bigger dudes in the metal scene aren't fucking millionaires you know what I mean right. like so they're, they're still they're and they're and they're average dudes is what I'm trying to say here they're average dudes like you and me and mm-hmm. they're still trying to just you know do their thing they're they're passionate about metal so you know what other ways do they besides playing it get themselves into it and stuff you know mixing and mastering seems to be a really uh, popular way for for these dudes to be doing it but yeah um back to what you said about um just these these big prolific names doing this yeah i mean it's just you know uh they're just doing their thing i think is really what it is yeah, yeah. and it's like there's this funny thing about metal because i always have to remind myself of this that someone who's big in the metal scene isn't necessarily big overall in the music scene because yeah it's such a niche genre that's like you know yeah. oh man because i was thinking man they're an extreme metal legend people must like love them and stuff but, like they are famous within this scene but outside of like the death metal scene no one has any idea no, who yeah right like i wouldn't know I, w- I don't know shit about sports right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool to swear yeah. out here by the way right i just yeah, yeah, yeah you're fine like if i if i went to the, yeah if i went to the grocery store and an indianapolis pacer was standing next to me or <laughs> hell even two or three of the members and they they could be wearing pacer gear. I wouldn't know who they are, but I don't know right. shit about sports. I don't, you know, watch sports. So I think that's kind of the same thing. And mm-hmm. you could even argue that an athlete like that is probably bigger in the overall scheme of things, popularity wise, than somebody like Joel Grind or Dan Swano. 
right who's exactly only known, you know i mean if i'm if i'm at the store and i'm a metalhead yeah of course i'm gonna know where they are but that's the same thing as going to the store uh and you're a pacers time. fan yeah mm-hmm. see so 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 yeah and then and then i think also what i'm trying to say about the whole thing with them being millionaires is like yeah like when you when you look at other musicians like it, it, it's it's i guess i'm, I'm trying to Help me out here if you know what I'm saying. I, I understand um, what you're saying. Yeah, what you're saying like, is that like it's not the same as someone who's on that level of success in like the pop industry or that yeah, level of success like in like the rap industry yeah. or something. Exactly, or Drake or something like that. Like yeah. it's like metal. Metal does not provide that sort of lifestyle. Right, and know? if it does, so, it's definitely not extreme metal. It's like stuff like Metallica. They're like one of the few yeah. bands that that blew up through the ceiling type. But thing. they've been doing it for five thousand years. Also, yeah, exactly. You know? So like, yeah. um. But uh, yeah, that's that's my exact point. So you know, sometimes, dude. I mean, I'm not surprised because shit. I I don't know much about touring. I, it's something I, I need to do and get out of my system. But I mean, the most money you're gonna make on tour is from you know selling merch. But you've got to go to the shows. You got to get in the van. You got to live in the van. You got to deal with the hotel rooms. You got to play the shows every night. You're eating on the road. You know, it, it's a it's it, it's it's equal parts awesome and like a lot of stress and a lot of things to deal with and very tiring and uncomfortable when you could still be putting you could be you can be doing that or in the off time especially once covid hit you know and nobody could go on the road hey maybe i will focus my attention of loving metal and loving recording and loving this whole thing let me focus my efforts elsewhere into mm-hmm. the mixing and mastering thing that I can still get paid to do and people, you know, can bring their projects to me and I can bust a couple projects out for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just another way of making money in the metal thing. And, uh, and, but I'm not trying to say it. it's all about making money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, no, I get but, it. Cause I, outside of this site, I run a PR business, like a small PR business. Oh, okay. I, uh, it's not, I don't make money from it. I do. I mean, yeah, I, I make enough to keep my costs covered and mm-hmm. maybe a little tiny bit on extra but it's not, it's not about that it's about wanting to yeah. like a couple of people get their projects out there and something you enjoy doing and you know yeah man i, I get it's, it fully it's being totally part of the movement man. you're diy you know you're not necessarily like playing i mean like an instrument or you know or being in a band but you're you're still helping the community exactly. that way you know exactly that's that's exactly what i'm trying to say you did it way better than me okay so um you had one release before that and then we've we've gone through the albums it was a single was it a single or a demo the complete blinding darkness uh that's that was an ep Um, EP. okay yeah so the first the first ep under the name grave ripper was complete blinding darkness and that was a three track ep we released digitally only um and then we we did like the Led Zeppelin Houses of the Holy Thing, and we put out a song called "Complete Blinding Darkness" on Radiated Remains. Okay, kind of like how Led Zeppelin had an album called Houses of the Holy, but yes. there wasn't a song called Houses of the Holy. And then on their next record, they put out the song Houses of the Holy. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. not where I got it from. I just did it. That's like okay. <laughs> subconscious yeah. subconscious influence. Um, Maybe, yeah. man. Maybe. <laughs> So you said under the name Grave Ripper, did you have a different band name prior to that? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, it was uh, uh, it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, and I'm really not a big fan of it. Um, mm-hmm. We were called Death Ensemble for a little while there. You can you can like find it on you know, metal archives and stuff. Um, okay. And I just I just like 
I, it was, I couldn't come up with a band name and I was kicking myself in the ass over it. So I just did the stupid, like, all right, I'll just go to a song and just like find some lyrics that aren't too bad. So I put on Slayer's War Ensemble and like the first lyrics of that song featured the lyrics Death Ensemble. So I was like, I'll just go with this. But the more I heard other, the more, the more, the more I heard other people say it, the more I'm just like, fuck, I hate that band name. So, so yeah. Then we just, you know, went to the, went back to the chopping block. And then I finally discovered the obvious, the obvious trick of, of creating a band name is just to take two, two words that are already kind of metal and, sounding and put them together so that's how we got grave ripper grave ripper is a killer name though Thanks, I, uh, yeah def- uh, definitely a better name than death it, ensemble i like it <laughs> yeah. yeah cool if it's like death ensemble is like the slayer tribute band you know yeah exactly totally that's exactly yeah. what it is. have you seen well, those like, uh there's those like uh charts now on how to create like a band name in each genre and it's got like a list of different like nouns and verbs and you can just no. take one of each and slap them together that's yeah <laughs> that's 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 exactly what we did i did not see the chart first but that's how we did it so i'll send you i'll send you the chart after yeah, the uh, after the call yeah if you got any questions on how to name your band's kid just look at the chart <laughs> there you go just refer to the chart always keep the chart in your pocket keep it a snapshot yeah. of it on your phone never know when you're going to need to name a band yep <laughs> Uh, There's actually uh, a, a really funny song from. Um, do you know? Have you ever, do you know the band uh, Mountain Goats? Uh, yeah, I know Mountain Goats. They had that. Uh, their popular song was from Moral Laurel on Adult Swim. Yeah, no, no kids. Uh, no that's, children. Oh, no, no children. children. That's it. Yes, song. that's the one. Yeah. Um, they actually have a really funny song about forming a death metal band uh, and not knowing what what to call it, and then breaking up because he couldn't decide on a name. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> totally right. You know, like. Jesus, uh, it, it hits that hits close to home. That's okay, funny. So, I mean, obviously, you can only speak for yourself as part of the band, uh, but you may know the answer for the other members as well. But what would you say are sort of the biggest influences on your sound? You have to narrow it down to like maybe three bands. Oh man, that's tough. Um, we can do five if that's easier. Uh, uh, no, you're cool. You're cool. Um, so def- there's definitely some Slayer in there. Um, I think there's some. Some of, I think the first two Death records are on there. Also, what is that? Leprosy's the second Death record, right? Um, uh, Scream yes, Bloody Gore. Yes, the second. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, there's definitely the first. The the early era of Death is on there also. And I don't talk about that much, but Death is the first two death records are big influences on me so there's some creator in there there's death um you can at me for this i really don't give a shit or try to cancel me i really don't give a shit either i'm i'm not i'm not like this person i can kind of separate the art from the artist even though this person is a fucking douchebag but there is burzum in some of that too um mm-hmm. uh you i mean yeah vart's total total sack of shit but you can't deny that those first those first two person records are that's kind of the quintessential sound of atmospheric black metal um and then let's see what else is in there um sharonkov light's got some some vector in it and there's another example of separating the art from the artist um and uh, let's see what else. I mean, we do get a lot of comparisons to to early era Skeleton Witch, but I didn't like set out to sound like that or anything. It just happens to be like maybe we just write riffs really similarly. Um, and then, of course, Toxic Holocaust and stuff. And, and it's funny, you know, like when I started out, you know, we 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 can we put Midnight in there also, but I'm I'm to the point now where I'm like, we don't sound like Midnight. 
Like, so, I mean, there's an influence on there. From, I can see from, a similarity, like, in some influence from Midnight. Yeah. I love Midnight. It's, yeah. It's, it's, see, I do, too. Oh, I, I absolutely love Midnight. Midnight's, like, my favorite my favorite modern band out there right now. Um, just because it's 50% Motorhead and 50% Venom. And it's, like, you can, that that's in a, two of my favorite bands, you know. So, and then I guess you can say there's there's a lot of Venom in there, too, uh, in our stuff. Yeah, if like, you're, if you're a Black like, Thrash band. There's a lot mm-hmm. of black and like thrash and roll, man. Yeah, they, yeah. We, there's definitely a lot of thrash and roll to us, and we get excuse me, describe ourselves like that, like black and thrash and roll. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'd say like Slayer, Creator, Venom, uh, those early death records. Mm-hmm. Um, other black metal wise, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I'm a big like like I like Mayhem and Shooter a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's more shooter and like Panzer Faust era Dark Throne coming your way with our new stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, some of those bands. I know that's not like three, but that's just like the first ones that always come to mind. No, it's interesting. Awesome. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like back to the midnight thing. Like I, I always try to make this point of you can be influenced by a band, but maybe your riffs don't sound like that band's riffs do, but right. the feeling that's invoked when you listen to this band might give you the same feeling that's invoked when you listen to the band they say they're influenced by, even though their riffs aren't that similar, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. There's a it lot just, of ways to be influenced by someone. It's, yeah. It's not all so just true. about riffs. Like, yeah, I guess I just like lyrical themes, like atmosphere, like you said, like the feeling atmosphere that, that it creates and you have yeah. to obviously evoke vocal styles as well. Totally. I just always get, my brain always gets pigeonholed into who are your biggest influences. Then I'm just like, well, uh, I'm gonna. I gotta yeah. go with who we. I go to for fans of immediately. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of like a lot of those those bands. See, I, I like I like the for fans of thing, but I always try to avoid it in my reviews because I think it gives people a preconceived idea. Right. Of, it's gonna uh, have a yeah. sound. Like. And then they're gonna right. hear and be like, "Oh, that that's not like that's not what I expected it to be." And then it might you know it might taint their experience of the album but at the same time it is useful because it's like well if you like this you're probably going to like it type thing it's a, it's a, that's a double-edged sword in my opinion, yeah but... right well, you, the latter is definitely for fans of yeah, for, yeah. same same with genre classifications it's like one of those double-edged swords like people get a preconceived idea in their head of what something's going to sound like when you say black and thrash um, yeah you know what i mean but at the same time you have to be able to classify it somehow so you can tell people who want to listen to it what to listen to you do uh, and that's right I, I love that that like you have to have these classifications in metal and i love non-metal head to like throw up that stupid fucking argument of, of oh, it's like you know they, they make fun of the, the genres and stuff yeah you know these are the same group of people who don't like metal because you can't tell what they're saying um yep. But it's like, dude, if like somebody's like listening to metal and they're like, yeah, I'm a metalhead, and they just got into metal and they like they like new metal. There's nothing wrong with new metal. That's the style mm-hmm. you like, whatever. But if somebody's like, fucking, I right, love, yeah, yeah, I love, you I like love what you first, like, yeah, then I don't give a shit what you like. Like, uh, I hope you like my band. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, it's like, oh, I love the first three Disturbed records. It's like, all right, dude, hell yeah, man, go check out Dying Fetus. That's metal too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. those, those differentiations and genres exist for that exact reason. Yeah, I, I, I get people that complain about subgenre and microgenres and stuff. I'm like, dude, the more ways that I can like direct someone towards something they would like, the better. But, yeah. It's like those, it's, it's yeah, totally. it's, a, it's a useful tool. You don't have to rely on it to define your music, but it's like it's a useful tool for sure. Totally agree, man. No worries. Yeah, I, I know the exact people you're making fun of because it. I, it's sad to say this, but there's a, a large portion of them are over fifty. 
uh, over 40 <laughs> over 45 like when did there start to be so many genres i remember when there was like metal and then yeah. everyone listened to metal and like well it's come a long way since like 1983 like <laughs> yeah okay boomer yeah. then go hang out with your other boomer friends and talk about when there was just metal i'm gonna be over here in the present day listening to dissident <laughs> death metal atmospheric yeah. blocks <laughs> yeah depressive yeah. suicidal black metal it's fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what about for you personally? Like coming up into to metal, what got you into like alternative and extreme music? What bands sort of took you there? Uh, yeah, dude. So my uncle was a huge influence on me. Um, he had, you know, he was an '80s metalhead. He liked everything from like the, the you know, the the harder stuff to just the 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 kind of the glammy stuff. So I'd rate his CD collection as a kid. So when I I was like I was yeah. eight, I was eight when I got Ride the Lightning because I heard his copy of it and loved it. So I mean, uh. So that, and then as I got older, I kind of got into hip hop a little bit, but my enjoyment of the faster stuff was always there. So I remember being like into the offspring Americana a lot mm-hmm. when it came out, but there are some tracks on there that like, it's kind of SoCal pop punk, but it's not yeah. that far removed from some thrashy stuff. Like there, there is some, there are some thrashy parts. There is some old borderline DB on that record. Um, and then just, I think once I got into high school, middle school, middle school, high school, I got, you know, my drum set and then I got a guitar. And then I think originally I got into, into Nirvana really big. And then I got into Metallica big time and then started going through, you know, all of whoever Metallica was influenced by. And then I heard Danzig and I yeah. really, really got into Danzig. And then I became Danzig obsessed and I'm still Danzig obsessed to this day. I'm sitting so here wearing just, my Danzig zip up hoodie. Just say one thing before yeah, you carry on. Um, this is a really unusual trend, but we have no idea how to explain it. But I don't think we've, we've maybe done like one episode in the last two years where someone hasn't mentioned Danzig. Good. It's like, it's good. We always He's end up turning into Danzig. Dude, I will, I will, I will turn this entire podcast into just a Danzig podcast. He is, that man is, uh, I would consider to be one of the most important, if not important, the most important figure in extreme music like ever maybe just because of his history of like starting og and diy with the misfits and i mean i don't know really shit about punk so i can't compare what they were doing to other bands but i know they had that you know just that diy touring ethos and then how the dude all the way up to when he got signed and sam Hain got signed and they changed it to dancing and then like he got a little bit of the attention of the mainstream and it said fuck the mainstream it just still continues to do the underground thing to this day oh mm-hmm. i love that man so much um <laughs> I'm, in the yeah. same, I'm in the same boat as you i'm a huge danzig fan so yeah a colossal yeah, danzig fan i'll always um, support him uh i mean like yeah he's a crotchety okay. old man but you have to yeah, respect totally. you have to respect what he's done yeah and someday i'm gonna be a crotchety old man and i can't fucking wait um <laughs> but uh but yeah so dan's gotten to danzig really big and just obsessed 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 um i didn't really get into extreme stuff too much until my buddy played me behemoth's cover of danzig's until you call on the dark uh-huh. so that was the liaison and then i started listening to behemoth and little trinkets or like trinkets little little samples here and there and then finally just got warmed up to it to the point where like you know clean vocals were not a thing anymore it just all had to be down-tuned alternate picking riffs with blast beats behind it so mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it that's pretty much from the beginning to end now here i am I think yeah, a lot of people forget how important Behemoth was for a lot of people. But for me, that was one of the first yeah. death metal bands I got really into. Yeah. Uh, 
I assume like demigod. Uh, yeah, it's demigod. Yeah, it was demigod era. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That was the one they did for most people. Yeah. I saw them touring that record. I saw them in Chicago. I saw them at Sounds of the Underground. Oh, nice. Uh, who else was on the Cannibal Corpse, Terror, uh, Guar. But yeah, sick show. I saw them in 2009. Uh, trying to think which album came out then. It was right between the two. Um, there had to be like Apostasy or Evangelion or something like that. Uh, yeah, right after Apostasy and right before Evangelion. Okay. And uh, they were touring with Goat Whore when they did their nice. Carving Out the Eyes of God tour, which I love that album. One of my favorite albums. Yeah, dude, that was a nasty tour, but... Yeah, and there was a, with Jumper a Cowboy who... So the, the weird thing about Jumper a Cowboy is they finally became an amazing band and then broke up. Like, their last album was... Uh, have you heard the last album by them? Me? No, I've yeah. never really listened to Jumper a Cowboy. It's like, so, I've heard a little bit, think... but it never grew on me. Okay, so everyone says that, but... All those people get listened to their first three or four albums and then wrote them mm-hmm. off, which, yeah, I can see they they had like a ta- a deathcore thing going on. I never really was super into them at all until their final album, and then they made this like insanely complex, highly atmospheric, like just amazingly written progressive death metal album, and then just called it quits right after that. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like you finally got <laughs> it, you finally got it right. Um, That's- that's how to do it, man. You got to go out with a bang. Just fucking quit when you're on top. Don't ch- don't leave ch- don't leave room to fuck up. Just if you haven't quit. heard it, check that out. It's called Sun Eater. I do okay. recommend it. Um, uh, and I like think now that what's that? What's that? Yeah, yeah, from 2014. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah. Um, and then they, I think they just announced they're coming back like uh, three months ago or something, but they haven't. Like, um, <clears> they uh, toured not like I want to say 2019. Uh, with like a Casey Strain and some other bands like that um, at like the Palladium, I feel like around like, I don't know, I feel like it might have been like October, November, like something like that, 2019. I don't know. I, I got to You saw that tour? I was going to go, um, but then I was like, oh, I have to work. I was working mad hours and going crazy and whatnot, but like, yeah, they played like 20 minutes from where I was working at that time. Nice. Yeah, I only live like about at maybe like uh, 40 minutes or like maybe might be an hour maybe to uh, where they like they played uh, Palladium. A bunch of like metal bands go through there. Metal, Deathcore, Metalcore, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds familiar for some reason. Um, now, isn't uh, is, is John Rice the drummer from Job for a Cowboy? Let me check. Because I'm 99% sure he's like, he did, he filled in for Behemoth. So it's funny we talk about those two bands. But they probably made that connection on that tour. They probably know each other. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's how it works, dude. That's how the entire metal scene is so incestuous on small and big levels. It's ridiculous. What was the name again? Sorry. I think it's John Rice, J O N. Oh yeah, he's a former drummer, 2007 to 2013. For a job or for Behemoth? Yep, uh, for job. And then, let's see if he went. Yeah, he did Behemoth too. He was a live drummer. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Learned you something know. today. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time. I started. I put way more, t- way too much time on metal archives. Put it Dude, that's what I'm on right now. That's yeah. yeah see? That, that's it's it's the site. It's like my go-to. Dude, it's like my bible. It's, uh, it's yeah, the best website. One. Yeah, like I, I talked, I'll, dude, I'll tell my wife that. Sometimes I will just have like middle of the day, amazing revelations that like 
what other genre of music has an online database that you can look up all this stuff about and like just nerd, nerd, nerd out about nothing. I swear to God. Well, if there is, I haven't found it. And to be honest, I haven't even looked for it. So it might be out there, (laughs) but I know metal archives is out there and it rules. Yes. I don't always agree with the reviews, but the actual database side of it is like phenomenal. Like just finding information and finding bands and who played with who in history you yeah, know, I never read stuff. the reviews. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I don't care what a bunch of armchair musicians have to say about this record. <laughs> 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 Taking shots. At it was cool to see uh, us um, on there, James. That was neat. Yeah. Well, yeah. We ended up uh, finally like two of our charity compilations we did. You guys were on the first one, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for being a part of that. For sure. Yeah. That, they um, ended up on the archives, and we're like, we've made it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sweet. Yes. Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys put yourselves on there? We don't. No. Uh, so we don't actually play. Um, so I, I'm, I'm musically useless. I've, I've tried a couple of things. I need to try again yeah. and not just give up on it. But my way to contribute to the music scene is the site, basically, and my PR stuff. That's fine. Um, but you didn't add yourselves to Metal Archives, is what I'm saying. No, no, no. no. We, okay, uh, good. we got um, all the other ba- a lot of the bands that were featured put it in their like uh, compilation sections or like other albums and stuff. So it just ended yep, up there. Yep. Okay, cool. Because I was going to say, if you put yourselves on Metal Archives, that's cheating. I was supposed <laughs> to do an interview with another. Oh hell no! Nah. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was. I was supposed to do an interview with somebody else. Um, a while ago and i started looking their stuff up and he's like oh, i'm in this band and i do all this stuff and i'm like all right well you got a metal archives page which you know a lot of bands do but then they had their own wikipedia page too and mm-hmm. i immediately threw a red flag i was like you guys added yourselves to wikipedia there's no way you're not, you're not actually supposed to add it. yourself like isn't like wikipedia you, you, the rule is you can't add articles about yourself if you're a member I, of something i have never contributed to wikipedia so i can't say yes or no on that but just the level that this band was at i'm like there's no one there's no one who wanted to take the time to add your entire story no offense but just like they just have like one super happen? dedicated fan yeah <laughs> somebody's mom <laughs> we uh we got added to Riffopedia, and that was kind of like a a cool thing for us we're like oh that's pretty sweet yeah. to be on on that that's that's the the music version of wikipedia for metal oh i didn't even know that was a thing you guys might be on there let's see we might be wikipedia let's see if you're on there um you're not but i think wikipedia is primarily like a, a stone and doom thing so okay yeah, yeah. We're, we're on there because we we cover a bunch of different stuff including stone and doom so it would yeah it makes sense that you're not on there yeah, totally. Needs oh, to be well. a black metal, black metal version of this, though. We'll, uh, you know, we'll get on next doing time. Some cool covers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, as far as live music goes, because we were talking about gigs and stuff, what, what would you say? Like, are some of your favorite shows you've been to? Like, who are some of the best performers you've caught live? Some of the best shows I've seen live. Mm-hmm. Um, let's think here. Uh, my first concert ever was Rush. Um, so that was nice. a great show. Yeah, my uncle, the same uncle who's the you know the big metalhead who took me to you know like introduced me to all this stuff. I uh, saw Rush with him as my first concert. That was just awesome as a memorable experience. Um, let's see what were other shows. Um, I know this isn't straightforward metal and stuff, but um, mm-hmm. I saw System of a Down on uh, at Chicago Open Air. Uh, the actual Chicago Open Air sucked, but System of a Down fucking tore it up. 
Um, I, love I did them, not. Ex- I did not expect them to play as well and as hard and as just like fast as they did. Uh, yeah, that, that was an incredible show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, back to dancing. I've seen him a few times, and um, he's never. People people always talk shit, but I, I mean, he's never put on a bad show as far as I've seen him. And I've seen him. I saw him one time when his collarbone was broken, so he was oh. on stage. He was on stage with a sling, and uh, he was super shitty that night. And uh, there was some dude in the in the crowd who pulled out his flip phone to try to take photos. This was like before everybody had an iPhone in their pocket. And I, I will never forget Danzig like giving his microphone because uh, he, he gave his mic cable extra slack because, you know, he doesn't use a wireless mic. Um, and he, he, so he gave the, his microphone cable extra slack. And then he lassoed this dude in the crowd, like first, <laughs> first, first throw, like had the mic cable up in the air, throws it and nails this dude. And then still has enough room to grab his microphone. He's like, security, get that guy the fuck out of here. I was like, that's so cool. Um, I remember that when that happened. And uh, cause he's always had the anti-phone thing. Um, yeah. And then I remember he going to like a dude knocked him out at one of his gigs. Right. Um, cause he yeah, confronted him different. about the phone thing. That wasn't about the phone thing. That's the, oh, that's wasn't? the I, I totally know what you're talking about. That's the Northside Kings incident. I, I know what you're talking about. That's not it. No. Okay. I got I'm mixing two different events up. You're cool. Uh yeah, I I don't remember hearing anything about the phone thing that I was at. So if you did, that's pretty cool. But um but yeah, that was that was that was a trip. Um man, I've I, I always I need to come up with a predefined list of great shows I've been to because I can't every time I get asked this question, I'm just like, oh man. Um Seeing Megadeth front row when I was like still in high school was pretty dope. Um, we saw Gigantor like when it was like, uh, let's see, it was it was Megadeth and Flame of God and Opeth and Arch Enemy and Overkill. I can't remember who else was on that bill, but that was a great show. Lamb of God was about to come out with Sacrament. Uh, that would put Megadeth around the United Abominations era, I think. Uh, that was a great show. Um, so yeah, that was like premium Lamb of God back then at that period. Yeah. That was like the best that was like on the cusp of uh ashes because sacrament was about to come out like randy had just shaved his randy Blythe had just shaved his head right because those first first (laughs) albums are just incredible yeah totally and then i saw i saw danzig in chicago and it was for the legacy show um where they did a misfits danzig and samhain set and they did mother of mercy by samhain and randy Blythe came out and did vocals with Mm -hmm. Sam Hain. Nice. So I saw that. And then I got this Danzig Black Aria long sleeve long sleeve thermal shirt right when I saw him in Philly. This was the show, I'm pretty sure, where the cell phone lasso incident happened. And then in the, in the Lamb of God documentary, Walk With Me in Hell, Randy Blythe is wearing the same fucking Danzig shirt that I've got. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um uh, those yeah, so those are those are great shows. Awesome. It's a tough question. Like it's it so does put people on the spot because it's like you, you've been. I know I'm forgetting awesome. something. I just feel like I know I'm forgetting something. If but. you uh, if you think of it, we'll come back to it. Just bring it up. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, what, what about playing? Like, who are some of the best bands you played with? Like your favorite tour mates or like show mates? Oh man, we've been playing some bangers lately, just with people I didn't think we'd ever get the chance to play with. You know, we just our last gig we played with Bewitcher. So that was awesome. Those guys were really nice. Um, our buddies from up north in Indiana, Wraith, those guys are all really nice. They've been fun mm-hmm. to play with. We've gigged with them a few times. Um, you know, a, another local band I'll shout out is Obscene. Um, they're nice. all really awesome dudes, and they rip the shit up. 
Um, once again, I'm really trying not to neglect anyone because I, you know, we've really enjoyed all the bands we played with. Um, but I'm trying to think specifically as Grave River, who else we've um, we've done shit with. You know, we jammed with Demiricus a few times. That was awesome. You know, just to play with like a, a big Indianapolis institution like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's off the top of my head. Those are the bands I can really think of. Um, where that that uh, the full terror assault we're doing in less than a month. Oh, I can't I can't say anything about lineup days yet, so I can't say who all we're playing with. But they're announced technically, so I'll just say that uh, gonna be doing two hundred stab wounds and municipal waste. So that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, just to yeah. Um, dude, two hundred so, stab wounds have been absolutely killing it in the last. Those, yeah, months. those dudes. Wow, holy shit! Like monsters. Yeah. yeah. I saw them with obituary and uh, gruesome when they came through not too long ago. It nice, pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. They, they uh, they're headlining. They headlined a tour with someone massive recently. Was it um, God? Who was it? They just toured with was it Sepultura or um, Soulfly? I think it was Soulfly. Uh, yeah, like national tour with Soulfly. Yeah, it must have been. Um, yeah, that makes sense because the Calvera brothers just came through doing the Sepultura reunion, the old school yeah. Sepultura reunion, and Warbringer was the opener on that. I missed nice. that show. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I missed that show. I don't. I don't. We, even, uh, I don't even remember why. We caught that at uh, Maryland Death Fest because uh, they did. Uh, the, yeah, we did. The Calvera brothers show, and they did Rise. Uh, sorry, Rise and uh, Beneath. Beneath. Yeah, yeah, Beneath, Beneath Remains. Yeah, Remains are so sick. Yeah, that was my that was my first yeah that was my first Sepultura record, dude. But yeah, Benito remains his meme. Because I was super nervous about like whether he could still pull it off because he's done Soulfly for so long. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean the Cavalier stuff is yes closer to like earlier Sepultura stuff, but he'd been in Soulfly for so long, I wasn't sure if he could still knock out the the that super aggressive earlier Sepultura stuff. But he killed it. Yeah, it's like riding a yeah. bike. Yeah. I guess so. But not for some people. I've seen some people who've come back after a long break and <laughs> I'm like, oh, you should have stayed gone. Yeah. Should have put some training <laughs> wheels on that bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, that's uh bands we played with, those are those are definitely some of the ones I can think of off the top of my head. So hopefully awesome. hopefully many more awesome ones to come. Nothing but uh drive future ahead of you guys, that's for sure. It's right, man. Future so bright, I gotta wear shades. <laughs> do you exactly. uh, do you have a favorite uh, city you've played? Uh, so I guess Indianapolis, and that would yeah. also be like the least favorite city we played because we've only played India a lot. Um, <laughs> so, um, I guess like outside of indie, we haven't done too much, which was why one of our main goals of this year was to get out of indie. Um, oh yeah so which you know we've got a few more shows coming up that we haven't like at least three announced that that are unannounced that are getting us out of indie uh as of today they're not announced um they will be soon um but you know we played we played newport kentucky uh that was a lot of fun we went and played with uh uh it was a two-day fest we did down there in this old church that's been converted into a venue that's totally fucking badass shout out to will and transplant productions if you're in like that ohio kentucky area will's the man to talk to he's the promoter there will's an awesome dude um yeah so yeah i guess like we unfortunately man like i wish i could do a better job like i wish i had more of an answer to that but you know we haven't ventured too far out of indy yet so 
Oh yeah. Well, you you get you're growing, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, ask me again. Ask me again at the end of the year, and I'll have a different. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Maybe we. Yeah, we should. We'll do, do it. that. Yeah, but we'll have you back on about like six months time and ask the same questions again. See what the answers are then. I'm yeah. I'm for it, man. I'm for it. You never know. Yeah, you'll probably hopefully have something um, lined up after, you know, uh, faster than the fucking devil. Yeah, we definitely uh, will definitely have some some things coming around. So awesome. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. Um, okay, so outside of music, yeah, do you have any other like uh, passions, hobbies or interests? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do enjoy uh, anything like technology related. Uh, that's you know kind of what I do for like a living is work with tech. Me too. Um, so oh, awesome. But um, I'm so on the marketing side of it, not the actual tech tech. I just I oh, work for okay. a tech tech, tech yeah. company. But yeah, I like doing. I don't. Yeah, I do the tech. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. My hands, my hands are dirty on it. So just um, just video games. Uh, I'm still. I'm I'm just a big kid. Is all I really am. Um, so a lot oh, yeah. of when I'm when I'm not running Grave Ripper, uh, trying to figure all that out. I do a lot. I play a lot of video games. Uh, I stream on Twitch, um, so things like that. Video games. What games do you play cooking. on? What's up? Oh, uh, what games are you streaming on Twitch? Uh, so right now, I'm kind of like slowly relaunching my channel. So I've been playing uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Justice for All. I don't know if you guys have ever played those games or know what they are. I play weird I play, games, dude. I play Justice for All, but not. I haven't heard of the other one. Oh, that's the one I'm playing. It's like Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. I think they're all called Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, right? Or is it just Phoenix Wright? Actually, I think maybe I think of a different game. I think I might be thinking of a completely different game. Let me just see. I bet you are. Is it a is it an anime point and click detective game? Oh no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think it's something completely different. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was like, this isn't like uh, I don't know if you have, man. Like I said, I kind of play weird underground games. Um, I don't know if it's really underground, but like, yeah. So so that's what I've been playing. Um, and then before I was kind of doing like some, uh, uh, I was doing some speed running. My favorite game series of all time is Metal Gear Solid. I love all those games. Um, okay, yeah. So I I speed run the PlayStation 1 Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I was doing that for a while and kind of got burnt out on it because it started to feel like work. So I've been kind of transitioning to other games and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I do have a, I do have a record on uh on speed running metal gear solid i'm on the leaderboards so you can wow. go out to the speed running leaderboards yeah if you go to very easy on emulator i think i'm like seventh place and so i was trying to work my i was trying to work my way through the other difficulties and not um i wanted to only submit my time in my run if i was in the top 10 so if you know there's like maybe you know on average maybe 20 people in each difficulty category per what system you're playing it on um and i just didn't want to like i don't want to just like get on the boards just to be on the boards i want to be in top 10 so i'm not going to submit a run until i get in the top 10 um Mm -hmm. so i was really grinding at that and it was just starting to eat up too much of my time and it was starting to feel like work um (laughs) i think i think man i was i was so close on easy i think i i missed top 10 by seven seconds so if i beat the game seven seconds faster yeah i know so but that's rough <laughs> i know right so it's like fuck but no so i do a lot of that and then i'm gonna get back into like um 
for a while there, I was always streaming with games that like fit a category or a theme. So like when winter came around, uh, I played like this old game called Penguin Adventure because it takes place in Antarctica and it's like snowing because it's winter. What else did I play? I played um, I played Metal Gear Solid just because it takes place in a snowstorm. Uh, I played The Thing, the old PS2, Xbox. Uh, I had PC, that game. I love that yeah, game. Yeah. Dude. yeah, I mean, it's dope. I uh, played that. Um, and then before, I can't remember what my theme was before that. But, you know, just things like that. Like, I'm starting to work on the Halloween theme this year. Like, the October one, we'll be playing a bunch of, like, horror games. I've always wanted to go through and play the old Splatterhouse beat-em-ups. Um, have it so probably be playing those. Um, I'd eventually, maybe sometime next year, start my own game development company and just start making smaller games and working my way up. So, wow. yeah. That's but, awesome, yeah, I play, a little, play a little bit of everything. I, you know, fucking, I just put two more emulators on my phone. So I've been playing the Metal Gear Solid Game Boy Color on my phone. And then I got a DS emulator and I've been playing uh, Pokemon Soul Silver on my phone. So it's been pretty dope. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of video games and uh, video games, heavy metal. That's pretty much it. <laughs> the two, two great hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Don't get out of the house much. <laughs> What about like uh, movie and TV? What what are you into uh, in that area? Uh, so I don't watch too much TV. I watch more YouTube than I watch TV. Um, okay. Except except for you know the the like uh, there there are a few shows that that capture my attention and when they when they do they really grab my heart and I'm all about them. Uh, the last the last series that did that for me TV wise was Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like my wife and I went through a big david lynch kick we're both like huge lynchian fans now um a lot of the a lot of the i guess what you consider the standard metalhead repertoire of movies and tv and stuff you know like a lot of the john carpenter movies i like uh-huh. horror movies uh i love the halloween franchise um yeah just just stuff like that back to the future that whole trilogy i love all those movies um nice. ghostbusters terminator I just watched Terminator 2 the other night. Just I love that movie so much. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. The OG Star Wars trilogy. Uh, those are those are the the movies I love. Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Terminator, um, stuff like that. TV, yeah. Twin Peaks, we got into. Um, I can't. I'm trying to think of what else we watched uh, TV wise. Parks and Rec. You know, Parks uh, and Rec's hilarious. Um, yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, usually I just watch YouTube. Just either video game or software, metal or comedy on YouTube. So. Okay. I don't think we've had a single person on the show that doesn't like horror uh, at any point. It seems to just be like everyone who likes metal basically likes horror. Yeah, I think like we're we're kind of they go hand in hand. You know, they do. It's like it's like it's like chocolate and peanut butter. It's just a match made in heaven. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with like um, the other some. Everyone likes like uh, anything Tolkien, like you know anything like high fantasy. That's also a, a really common trend we've seen. It's like horror and fantasy are like the two super yeah. popular ones. Nerds. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nerd yeah, as I'm over here talking about starting a video game development company. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's always a funny thing we we like that we bring up is like there's a whole perception of metalheads being like these big tough like mu- like musclehead dudes, and so many metal dudes are just the biggest nerds. Oh, like. dude, yeah. <laughs> and you know, do you ever wonder? Like, there has to be metal has that nerddom to it, though. Yeah, For it sure. has that. Like, you know, these dudes can like 
the you know take Tolkien for example or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, this is probably a bad example because I don't know shit about Tolkien or whatever. But like, um, there's that like there's that certain interest in deep diving into this fantasy and like, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's all what nonfiction or mm-hmm. no, it's fiction. I always get those two fiction. Yeah, yeah, I always get those two backwards in my head. I swap those around all the time. Uh, it probably get me into trouble. Um, but um, you know, there, there. I think there's that certain diving into that, that 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 we also get from like metal archives. You know, from going mm-hmm. out there and learning and reading and just like, oh, there's just there's so much to it. You get captivated by it, and so I it's think the law, like the the law, like yeah, the, yeah, it's yeah. Rich. It's lore, dude. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's such a good way to describe it. Nailed it, dude. So. Yeah, I mean, metal has like a super deep, like really intricate history of law that everyone, yeah. I mean, most of the, 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 the heavy fans, like, you know, they know that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if other genres have that going back to that too. Like, but you know, like, but it, maybe it's because I don't know as much about other genres as I do metal, but I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like metal is different. I think some, I, I, I would say to a certain extent, the other ones that off my top of my head that have that sort of history and stuff is, uh, there's definitely in hip hop. There's yeah. that like the, the foundational, you know, those those like those heavy hitters from the, the back in the day that everyone respects and how they built the genre up. Yep. And then uh, I guess punk as well has that, that yeah. sort of like rich history of all those legendary dudes, like uh, absolute characters that built the scene type thing. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if country has that too, like classic traditional country, like, like country outlaw country, country. like yeah, um, yeah. You, I guess you get like Johnny Cash, uh, Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings, uh, Waylon Jennings, yeah. yeah there's yeah. there's those dudes like the legends from back in the day. But the thing is, it's like, I don't know if the coverage country fan is as into that history as the average metal fan is with that stuff. But see, that's a good point. Out. Yeah, that's that's a great point there too. So, but yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, that nerd, that 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 lore and love for that stuff definitely exists in metal and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a. I'm obsessed with Tolkien, one of those dudes, unfortunately. So, hey, man, you do you like what you like. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, Brendan, did you have any other topics you want to cover? Because we're cracking on to the hour mark now. <clears throat> well, we honestly like hit on some of the questions I was already going to ask naturally, which was pretty sweet. And then, uh, the other I, I got, uh, where is the best place to get a Hoosier sandwich. <laughs> the best place to get a Hoosier sandwich. Um, well, uh, a Hoosier sandwich is a breaded tenderloin. Yes. The be- uh, the best place to get one would be like any, maybe like a kind of drive-in, like small mom and pop shop. That'd be the best place to get one. Actually, that has, that made me think of another question. We've asked one or two people this, but I always like to know what's like a, a regional or at least state based like fast food chain that, that people should try. Or that yeah, uh, well, it doesn't have to be fast food. Actually, just a food chain people should try if they're ever in Indiana or in the Midwest. Um, I think we have, uh, dude, Culver's. I don't think anybody else. I don't. Th- I think Culver's is only a Midwest thing. I haven't heard of it, so okay. it's definitely not me either. Okay, so like Culver slash Dairy Queen. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're they're different. Like, but they're they're competitors of each other. Um, Culver's, right. 
fucking slaps, dude. So it's it's just it's burgers, right? It's just American like just American food. So burgers, chicken sandwiches, fries, mm-hmm. um, milkshakes and stuff, your traditional thing like that. But all the quality of everything is so good and it's always so organized there and it's fast and it's delicious and I love Culver's. So I would say to check out Culver's. The way you're talking about that is the way that Californians talk about in and out. Okay, see that's yeah. that's the thing. And that's like I've heard I've seen Culver's get brought up in the whole in and out Shake Shack discussion. And they're like, uh-huh. everybody's always arguing about these two, but nobody wants to stop and talk about how Culver's destroys both of them. <laughs> oh I know, I know, I know, I know. But I can accept that. I uh I'm a transplant to the US, obviously, because the accent gives that away, but so I, I've never un- completely understood the. Ca- I might get canceled for saying this, but the, the Californian obsession with In and Out. I think it's pretty good, but I don't. The people would die for it here, like that, like, like yeah. go to war over In and Out. I, uh, I'm, I'm very anxious to try it because I got to get myself a double double with fries, animal style. I think. Yep. Yes. Is that the lingo? I've got it. Yep. I've been practicing you it, it every day. Uh, dude, I'm such a fat kid. I just I love food, so like I will always eat. Um, I, I I have to get that while I'm out there. At least there's the a, fries. There's actually a secret menu as well that you can customize oh. and add to your burgers that isn't listed anywhere. So you have to okay. look it up before you come to California and see what you can add, and then you can kind of right. You can add like peppers and stuff, and like pickles, and a whole lot of other stuff that's not on there to your burgers. Sweet. Well, I know where I'm eating when I head out west. <laughs> That's if you're ever in San Diego, there's a place that you absolutely have to hit. It's like, I think there's two of them. They're like, it's just like kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a bar slash burger joint, but it's like super in your face. Like, this is what we do. If you don't like it, go somewhere else type thing. Um, <laughs> Love it. And the, their menu says, we politely refuse any substitutions or alterations to our menu. Hell yeah. Um, and then they've got it. like five things and they make these like, they call, like a dirty flat top smash burger. Um, it, it doesn't look super good, but it's like literally the best friggin' <laughs> cheeseburger you're having in your life. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. It's, it's called the friend, miles, the friendly. Yeah. So if you're ever in San Diego, hit the friendly. Okay. Yeah, it's like Easy it's cheap as shit too. You get the burger for like five bucks, uh, five or six bucks, and then beers are like four bucks. Like it's one of those nice. places. Yeah, Dude, I love it. Great. I love places. I love places also that do no substitutions. Yeah, like no, leave the customer yeah. is not always right. Yeah. <laughs> not, trying to ex- not, not trying to exclude anybody that maybe has like a food allergy, but that's just not right, what right. we do here. It's like, I just don't like mayonnaise. You're like, fuck off. Like, then don't then go somewhere <laughs> else. Comes. Well, I just don't like you. So you can leave. <laughs> so, you know, like, oh, great. I lost one customer today. I'm sure these other 2,000 that are coming through the door aren't going to be able to make the difference. Yeah. See you next they, time, tell, I, they, tell everybody I suck. Tell them you hate me. Tell them that. He said that I can't have mayonnaise, that I don't like mayonnaise, <laughs> and then he said that he doesn't like me, and I got on Yelp, and I got on Google reviews, and blah, blah, blah. I love it. <laughs> so the thing, the, like no, no, I fully agree. <laughs> the, the thing people don't appreciate about those places is because they don't do substitutions, because the menu's simple, they just nail it, and they knock it out in like super That's fast time. Yeah. Well, right, yeah. They just want to bang out these little like like eat tapas or whatever, like small plates or just yeah. like their standard stuff, you know, and just like boom, yeah, here it is. Uh, like, totally. Brendan it's used to be a like, chef, by the way. Oh, nice. I uh I did also. Yeah, so nice. nice dude. Um 
But uh, yeah, it's also a thing too where it's like sometimes now I understand if like you just want a burger, no onions. Like with this point, yeah, of about, yeah, yeah. this point I'm about to make. The point I'm about to make is we, you know, hey, we have our food and we think we nail it. We're really happy with this product. Now we're not going to go about changing it because we believe in the entire thing right here is great, which is why some super fancy places won't give you salt and pepper at the table. Like, no, trust, we trust that we're going to give you the right amount of salt and pepper so you'll experience this the way we want to experience it. Now, that's right. maybe in a fancier place, not a place where I'm just going to get a fucking cheeseburger at two in the morning while I'm smashed. You know, yeah, um, yeah, um, but uh, wow, totally just lost my train of thought though. Oh, a uh, good example <laughs> is like Guinness. I don't think Guinness does a vegan version of their beer because they're like, if we did, like, there's something in the recipe. I want to say it's this weird thing about oysters, like fish, yeah, or that, or like fish liver or something that they fish use to, to filtrate, to, to yeah, yeah, to filter the beer to give it the consistency it has. And they're like, we can't, we can't find any. We, you know, we we tried all these combinations of other chemicals or whatever, and we can't find the right combination of vegan ingredients to give you th- what we think would be a beer that meets our standards. So we're just not going to do it. And I like that. I, I respect that, you know? So. No, I agree. Uh, do you know, uh, do you follow the, Bill, the comedian Bill Burr at all? Oh yeah, totally. Love Bill Burr. Yeah, do you remember that. that? Do you remember that one that he did uh, as a special like a few years back when he was talking about fast food bowing down to people who want healthy food? Oh God, I feel like I do, but I don't remember. Exactly. And he got like so angry about it, and he's like, <laughs> "McDonald's, like, is this ranting about like McDonald's adding salads and how angry it makes him?" It's, it. like, it's like, "Don't go to McDonald's <laughs> if you want healthy food. Don't go to McDonald's. You can go like fifty other places." It's like they right. shouldn't have given in to them. And it's like, and then after they gave in to them, the stoners joined in. They're like, "I don't want to get up by ten a.m. for breakfast." And then McDonald's said, yeah. "Would you breakfast all day?" <laughs> and that's what I was going to say too. Is like. Like, okay, so I, I have a hard, my restaurant is a hard no substitutions rule. Well, when the first person comes in and gets no onions and then we give them no onions, well, now now there's a crack in the dam. All right, guys, yep. when does it stop? When does it stop? <laughs> all hell why people come in, Yep, all hell's breaking loose. People are coming in wanting to see if we can substitute their burger for a pizza. It just won't stop. Yep, yep. They're like, like, listen, I'm not getting this. Gonna... I'm not getting it. I want to order the New York strip, but I really want all this size yeah. with it but then could you really just give me fucking some kohlrabi right yeah it's like well it's like, okay if you have an allergy i get it that's fine like right. you know if you have an allergy understandable completely reasonable yeah, it's different if yeah. you just say i don't like onion then take it off like yeah. you know you don't have to like make them make the burger specifically the onion you're an adult just slide it off the burger but that's not good enough for some people. I've worked in restaurants where people would flip out if you sent them a the, their their burger their or whatever. Excuse me, with the pickle on the plate. They're like, I didn't want you know, like the pickle pickles on the plate. You? Yeah, and they freak out. It's like, <laughs> look, you have such a limited amount of time on this earth. Is this really what you want to spend? This is the hill I will die yeah. on. Like, <laughs> are you really going to die on pickle fucking hill? All right, pickle Rick, like go for it, dude. Like, whatever. I uh, I'm looking at pictures of looking at pictures of Culver's <laughs> right now. By the way, it looks pretty friggin' good. Dude, I, uh, not bad. I want to try that. Not bad. You can't go okay. wrong with just like a straight up burger and fries. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll give you a whole order when you're out here. I'll, yes. I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. Yeah, do it. I found a map of their locations, so they are a Midwest thing. It looks like, uh, but they are down in Florida, 
and what state is that uh believe that <laughs> man i'm I'm terrible at, like u.s state maps it's the one uh right next to colorado on the left-hand side of colorado it's oh uh, shit yeah nobody knows that area nevada it's utah right yeah uh, sure so utah. let's say utah yeah they got one in utah, utah. <laughs> there's lots of gold i should know that because i've been there like twice but and i was legally married in utah uh, oh, really? Of a, a really weird COVID situation where my wife and I had to get married on a couch remotely from some person in Utah via Zoom for my what? visa. Yeah, it was bizarre. Um, it was like I got to the US. I, I made the decision of moving to the US as COVID started, which was like the worst decision in history. Uh, but I couldn't have yeah. predicted that that was going to happen. No, you didn't know. Um, That's what I was going to say. But I got there and you have like, what is it? It's like a month or something to get married after you arrive there for the visa I was on, basically. Because I applied for like a fiance visa, which is, yes, it is the one from the show, 90 Day Fiance. It's 90 days. Oh, um, really? Yep. So I wasn't on the show or anything, but I did go through that visa program. <laughs> uh, I did That's apply right. for the show. <laughs> uh, did you really? Oh, my God, it, man. Because they pay for your wedding uh, if you get uh, selected, which is sweet. Um but I got there and you had 90 days and everything in the US basically shut down and all the courthouses were shut. And I was like, what am I going to do? They're going to deport me. Um, and so it, there's this program for deployed military personnel that lets them uh, get married via Zoom, basically through this company. Mm-hmm. So I just inquired. I'm like, I'm not in the military. Can I use this? And they're like, yeah, sure. Why not? So went through that and uh, got married on my in-laws couch in by a, uh, Rep, uh, marriage representative puts it, uh, but the person was in Utah, uh, just mm. outside Salt Lake City. So that's where I'm legally married. All right, man. So, are, sorry, hey. are you a Mormon now? Did, you, did they have to convert you to, to be a Mormon? They did. Uh, did they really? Nice, man. You guys show up to that fest out there in California and you're, not, you're in your Mormon gear. <laughs> like, oh my God. I just uh, convert to Mormonism, become blonde. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know what. <laughs> Sorry if we offended any listeners who are Mormon, but I have there's a weird trend I've met of like 80 percent of the Mormons I've met are blonde. I don't really know what that's about, but yeah, I feel like my my mental image of a Mormon is like not blonde. Because oh, do you know Jim Gaffigan? Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm actually seeing him on Sunday, hopefully. So that would be sweet. Um, just, I love the dude, but. Um, he always talks about how he gets called Mormon. He's like, I don't know what it means, but I look Mormon, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, it might be how many kids I have, but it might be my appearance. Yeah. He, he has like six kids or something, I think. Good Lord. Um, yeah, I, don't, I think it just, I don't know, I, I picture like a, a dude with black hair or brown hair. I'd like a dark haired dude, like, I don't know why. That's what I picture. I, you uh, guys, yeah, we call it, did you guys catch Book of Mormon? <laughs> Yes, man. I saw it at, uh, yes. in New York at Broadway. It was fantastic. Oh, wow. Awesome. You saw it at the Mecca. I did. I yeah. was in town and I happened to be there at the same time. So I was like, I'm 100% seeing this. Yeah, you that's ever- awesome. <laughs> Do you ever watch uh, Orgasmo? Oh, yeah. Dude. yeah. Orgasmo yep. like, is up there it was, with like my favorite movies, too. I've seen Orgasmo. Oh, so times. good. All the old Matt Trey so stuff. Yep. You've seen, have you seen Cannibal the Musical? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I love, oh, I you guys are real. I love all night. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, Orgasmo is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Basketball as well. Basketball is great. They didn't write that one. I don't think they wrote and directed that one though. Oh, they just starred in that one. Which is so weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it seems like their style, doesn't it? It, it did. Yeah. I was just I just assumed it was them. Okay. I know, but I don't think it is. I double check, but uh um and Team America obviously is like Yeah, Team America's <laughs> them, yeah. But yeah, those those first few when they were less they weren't known yeah. as well. I mean, Orgasmo, those are all those are all great. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love Cannibal too. Oh man, like the sky is blue. All of these are green. <laughs> Hearts is filled as a baked potato. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. If, uh, drink I many beer you know, and rip many a bomb for that movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, uh, so funny. Absolutely. Yeah, those all right, are classic. we uh, we're actually coming up to the end of our time. Uh, so Ooh. just before we do wrap up, did you have anything you wanted to, you know, bring out and put up there? Like anything people should check out or be excited for or be ready for? Yeah, absolutely, man. So if you guys haven't checked out Grave Ripper yet, you can find us on Bandcamp. Uh, we just put in a new merchandise order. So if you dig our stuff, we will have new shirts coming out very soon. We have two or three shirt designs that we're going to be rolling out before the end of the year. Uh, yeah. We have a new split coming out with three brand new songs on it. September 2nd, the split's called faster than the fucking devil. Um, it's a, it's a banger uh, between us and a lot of our good friends. Um, Unholy night from Russia's on there. Black knife from Kentucky and Wraith. They're also from Indiana. It's a four way split between those bands. So you're essentially getting a full length record worth of new material from each, from all those bands combined, you know, um, we're doing full terror assault. This year, it's in the second week of September in Southern Illinois. It's a three-day metal festival, municipal waste, suicidal tendencies, uh, putrid pile, 200 stab wounds, all going to be playing. We'll be playing that. And then we've got a few more shows around then also that we haven't announced yet. And then we will be out. If you're in California, we will be playing California uh, right before Thanksgiving. So, yeah, those shows are coming up, split coming out, and then we're just going to put our heads down and uh, bust the full length out. So a uh, lot Hell to look yeah. forward to. Yeah. Is uh is that going to be coming out through wise blood or is that undecided at this point? Uh, as of right now, uh, probably wise blood, but I okay. feel like the answer probably wise blood goes under the category undecided. So, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was great chatting to you. Sorry if we riled you up too much with the uh, food substitution. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not even hungry now. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. You guys are awesome. Uh, you too, man. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll have another show next week coming up after this. Uh, next guest is going to be Black Knife, who actually is on that same split we just mentioned. Woo! So yeah. yeah, tune in for that one.